Ay, ay, ay. Hola, amor. Hola, cariño. Hello, and welcome to Uy, que horror, a Latinx horror movie podcast with Johnny and Eileen. I am Johnny. I'm Eileen. Hey, girl. How Hello. are you? Hi, how are you? Uh, doing great. I had a free morning today. I watched the new Little Nas X music video. Oh, my gosh. Girl. Wow. Girl. First of wow. all, a bop. I'm I'm oh. into it. Like it's yeah. a fun mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. Pero este hombre se le salió la perra. I listen, <laughs> and I love every second of it. Did you read yeah. the thing that he posted on Instagram or whatever, where he's like, "This is for younger um, Montero." Montero. Montero, mm-hmm. which I guess is his name. I think so. Yeah. Great name, first of all. But that spoke to me so much that he's just like like little montero you're gonna hate me for doing this but i'm doing this for you to just be who you are oh my god and then he fully twerks on the devil on the devil (laughs) on satan's dick man i was like yes bitch (laughs) the whole um uh stripper pole scene with the heels Oh, my God. I did see something on Twitter today where somebody posted Lil Nas X on top of... Where, like, you know where he's sitting on Satan, except instead of Satan, they put Rosé dressed up as, like, her <laughs> Satan character from oh RuPaul's God, Drag Race. Oh, my oh, God, Oh, it was so, so good. Yeah, That's what a video. Amazing. He's nailing it. Mira, do your thing, be yourself, baby. You gotta. I would have fully thought that that... I can't even think of the song. His first hit, I thought one hit wonder. One hit wonder to me, but look at him. He's got some staying power. You know what, buddy? You're <laughs> nailing it. I'm proud of you. Good for you, bud. Well, how was the rest of your morning? Oh, just lovely. After that, I was like, well, I could take over the world. So I did some <laughs> yoga. I can, but I made myself a delicious little omelet. I, you uh. know I'm Why? looking at Eileen. She's literally got a face of makeup on. She's giving me some beautiful purple eyeshadow. We had a full conversation about the color purple, the color musical, purple. book, movie. You know, <laughs> when you have time, you can do things. It's called, yeah. uh, when you, uh, God, stop procrastinating, Eileen. It's a disservice to you. And mm-hmm. yet... Look you at can, you! Look at you now! Look You're at thriving. me now! I'm thriving. I chose a cute <laughs> outfit to wear. I'm wearing clogs. Mira, aquí viviendo la vida. What about I you? How was it. your morning? Uh, I'm doing okay. I am showered and dressed and moisturized and everything. <laughs> and uh, however, I am I'm a little rough this morning because oh. I feel like every time I bring this up, I'm like, I did sober 2020, <laughs> but I did I did sober 2020. But last night I had three coronas. Coronas. Wow. That is like agua. Agua. Pura agua. But I just had like, I was like, I know I'm presenting in quotation marks tomorrow on Uy Que Horror. So don't go, don't get crazy, Johnny. Uh-huh. And you know, like, I've been trying to take it easy since my sober yo me 2020 tome, is over. Yo me tome un vaso de vino rojo anoche antes de acostarme. So like. There you I, go. So I'm feeling a little like. Floppy. Blah. And then do you ever feel like semi-anxiety? After drinking, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a little bit of that going on, which does not bode well for us here. Which but... is like, why, like, why am I nervous? Why do I feel weird? Like it's, something it's a horrible is, feeling. It's almost like, what's gonna happen next? Yes, <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean. And it's just like, chill out. It's Saturday. However, that feeling, I would say, I don't want to put any words in your mouth, but I would uh-huh. say that anxiety feeling 
fits for this fucking movie that we're going to talk about today. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Esta semana, it was Mira. your pick. It was my pick. I picked a film from Colombia. We have not been there since Espectro. El Espectro. Uh, el final, so. whatever. El Espectro fucking... al final de la... De la el, el, el final el del Espectro. El final del Espectro, yes. With, how, how could we ever forget? Tulipan. Tulipan. La tuli. <laughs> so, so I picked this movie from Colombia. It's called El Paramo. Mm -hmm. It's from 2011. I believe Paramo means the squad. No. Oh, tell me what it is. I Let's drop some trivia right at the top, shall drop we? Drop it. Technically, when Google Translate gets the words El Paramo typed into it, it says it's called the more <gasps> like m o o r like yes. a hill pero yeah. yo busqué uh -huh. en wikipedia también por si acaso paramo can refer to a variety of alpine tundra ecosystems a more narrow term classifies paramo according to its regional placement in the northern andes of south america and Hello. adjacent to southern central america the Paramo is the ecosystem of the regions above the continuous forest line, yet below the permanent snow line. It is a, quote, neotropical high mountain biome <gasps> with a vegetation composed mainly of giant rosette plants, wow. shrubs, and grasses. According to scientists, Paramos may be, quote, evolutionary hotspots and among the fastest evolving regions on Earth. Well, that's exactly correct. That's Absolutely. where we're going. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So that keep that of... in mind. When we're talking about this movie, imagine rosettes and like a very... It almost gave me... Jurassic like Parky, like yes. old time... Not old time, like... 19th century. I'm talking like old dinosaur age yes. vibes. And I say desert, not like there's sand everywhere. It just like seems arid. Arid, exactly. But at the same time, very lush and green. Yeah. Cold, but not. There's otherworldly. Fog everywhere. Oof. Totally yeah. otherworldly. Creepy, foggy Creepy hills, hills and mountains. mountains. Oh yeah. my gosh. So. That's where we're going, everybody. El yes. Paramo. This movie is from Colombia, 2011. It was directed by Jaime Osorio Marquez and written by Jaime Osorio Marquez and Diego Vivanco. You got a synopsis for me? I sure do. Thank you right. once again, IMDb, for being a lovely provider of synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just uh, keep yeah, that yeah. one. <laughs> synopsis. Um... After losing contact with a military base, a high mountain unit is sent to investigate. Upon arrival, they find only a woman in chains, which she's not in chains. No, no. We'll get there. Whatever, yeah. Isolation and the impossibility of escape serve to undermine the soldier's judgment. Yes. Yeah. Big Are we time. ready? I'm ready, dude. This okay. movie, boo. Ooh. Bufa. Bueno, here we go, everybody. We open with what sounds like country nighttime sounds. Sure. And we see our title come out from the dark, El Paramo. 
Our first shot follows this dude who's in full camel military gear. We're following him and he looks to be walking outside like what looks like a country home. Yeah. He's walking like outside the side of this house. He seems to be going toward the back of the house, like the backyard area. We hear a baby crying. We hear what sounds like two men arguing. Mm -hmm. And in this argument, we hear things like, don't tell me what to do. Follow your orders. This is the last time. Don't ask me to do this shit again. Right. So we're like, okay, what the fuck's going on here? And we see we're we're following him like it's the back of his head we're seeing. Yes. So mm -hmm. we and it almost feels hallway like because we see these soldiers on either side of him that he's like going through. And then when we hear this argument, we see two other soldiers like in each other's faces yelling at each other. Yeah. And as he's walking past all these soldiers, one of them actually grabs his head and like pulls him close. And he says to him, Todo bien, Ponce. But it's not a question. Yeah. Which basically, which means it's all it's all good. Yeah. Ponce. He keeps walking past these guys, and right before we're gonna see what he sees, we cut away. Now we're in a helicopter. And we're focused on Ponce, who was the same dude we were just following. Beautiful face. Oh, gorgeous man. Beautiful All these, angular nose. It's a very good, I think, little tiny uh, eye of the diversity in Latin America, I think. Because we get a very indigenous guy. We get like your white Latino. We have a black Latino. Mm -hmm. We have a, a very, it's a varied bunch of faces that we see in these soldiers. Yeah. When we're in this helicopter, we do get a shot of each man in the squad, like you just said. We'll get to who they are as we go along, because there are nine men here, everybody. Mira, so. <laughs> okay, yo te voy a decir ahorita. Oh, At dude. first, it took me a good chunk of time Oof. to be like, who the fuck is who? <laughs> <laughs> so we focus in on Sarge and Cortez. Sarge meaning the sergeant. Yeah. Cortez turns to Sarge and he's like, hey, who are those two? To which Sarge responds, esa mariquita. And just get ready, everybody, because, Oof. listen, if this movie had a drinking game, I'm always looking for the drinking games in the sure, movies. Sure, sure, sure. In this one, it would be anytime somebody says mariquita, marica, maricon, like, oh my God. Or hijueputa. Hijuep, just sprinkled. Mira throughout this so, film everywhere. oh my god so uncomfortable so he says that dude is a new lieutenant and the other guy the other one is a guide so it seems that we have like two new guys in our squad here right cut to our squad now fully landed we're in the fields now it's very gray foggy they're out patrolling with their guns out we hear the chopper fly away and in the distance on top of a mountain we see what looks like bunkers with a bunch of like big radio towers and all of it is just foggy just covered in clouds yes, and fog very creepy it's really a cool setting out here yeah it's beautiful so cool. but yeah. like Spooky, though. Ominous. Yes, absolutely. So they pull out a map, and the guide, we find out his name is Arango. He says, if the guerrillas attacked the base, they probably came in this way. We're about three hours away, so let's hurry up, because we haven't heard from our men in two days. The fog will cover us if the guerrillas are still there. So clearly this is like a rescue mission. Yeah. We're heading to this base to rescue people. They start to move toward the base, but before they do... The Sarge stops Ramos, who we realize these were the two dudes that were arguing at the top. Yeah. The Sarge is like, hey, dude, what's up? How, how you doing? 
which is very strange. He almost says it sarcastically. And like he, very close to him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it's an intimidation tactic, it feels. 100%. And Ramos doesn't even look at him. He's like, I've said what I had to say to you. I don't want anything to do with you, basically. Yeah. And Sarge, it gets lost in translation a bit, but he basically says, you know this can be fixed. Do we understand each other? That's what friends are for. It's manipulative. It's not good. No. So we get closer. Our squad gets closer. We cut through barbed wire, which has been kind of fitted with cans to alert anybody if, you know, the enemy gets closer. Right. We see that our squad is kind of approaching the bottom of these really, really long stairs that lead up to the base and all the radio towers. So at the bottom of the stairs, they call into their colonel, like on the radio. They're like, we got to stay here. We're awaiting further orders. We got to wait for backup, but backup will be delayed because the guerrillas have busted to have desto- destroyed two bridges. And this is Mi Teniente Sanchez. And mm-hmm. I something I loved about hearing all the military jargon is that in English, it doesn't, they don't do this, but they say, mi teniente, mi coronel, mm-hmm. mi sargento. Yeah. It's all my sergeant, my lieutenant, my colonel. Like, it's very, it's very honorable. It seems like you're like, you're my yes. higher up and I'm respecting you by saying, it's almost like, like your highness, but instead of your, it's my, you know what I mean? Does that yes, make sense? Absolutely. Like, it. I think it differs from what we would say, what we would see here in the states it feels almost cariñoso see there's almost love behind it (laughs) yeah it's weird no yeah entonces they're like okay we got to stay put right here and arango our guide he's like why don't we just rush up right now because we've got the cover of fog let's do it and the sarge is like no dude shut the fuck up listen to the i called sanchez the new lieutenant the entire time teniente. listen to him he's the boss so shut the fuck up listen to him right which yes hello listen hello to him. he's your your fucking lieutenant bro so they all take position at the bottom of the long stairs they've got their guns pointed up but after a while Arango just can't take it anymore, so he Le goes, vale verga. Oh, dude, he goes rushing up the stairs, and the other guys are like, Chispas, follow him. So our dude, Chispas, follows him up the stairs, and then bang, we hear an explosion. So then fucking everyone is breaking the chain of command, and they go running up. Yeah. Just uh, who gives a fuck? They no literally rules, look go. over to mi Teniente Sanchez and they're like, sorry, bro. And they just fucking go. go. So everybody runs up the stairs and we find Arango. He's kind of like kneeling next to Chispas and Chispas' leg is fucked. fucked. Like bone is sticking out. Like fucked. Esta- it was like bad. He, he stepped on a landmine. Yeah. By the way, Chispa's name, I believe, is Parra. <laughs> I call him Parrita because that's, Parrita, what, that's yeah. what his friend kept calling him. <laughs> yes. Which also, another thing of like very cariñoso. Parrita, sí. you know? Sí. Interesting. So the Sarge is like, He's just like so high pitched, what like crazy. Yeah, he goes zero to 500. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And so he's like, we got to get to that base. And now this Sarge, who literally four seconds ago was like, listen to what the fucking Teniente is saying, Mm -hmm. is now like, 
Fuck the new lieutenant. Guys, go check out the base. Secure this base. So they go, and clearly this chain of command is broken. It's fucked. But they need the yeah. base now to take Parita to like make sure that his yeah, leg is that he doesn't die because he is Absolutely. dying. Our squad starts to check out the base, and they find it abandoned. There's nobody there. They come across what looks like a basement-looking hatch. They go in. Immediatamente, no. And they go in immediately. There's no power, so it's very dark. Dark. As they get deeper into this bunker, they start to see that there is blood spatter everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. And the music that's happening right now, it, because it's so dark, it gave me alien vibes. Oh, my God. Yes, 100%. Because it was- this movie. Yes, for sure. Th this movie, it's Alien and The Thing, but yes, like army totally. guys. You know what I yeah, mean? Absolutely. And the sound effects or like the, the sound design behind it is like wah, wah, yeah. wah kind of sounds. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's violins and very high pitched. It's hauntingly scary. The sound design is awesome it's in this what movie. builds the it's tension what makes it so scary so scary yeah I, I agree fully one of the guys finds a fuse box pero nada and we also see they find a dead body on the floor of some dude in full camo like a military guy and this dude blew his brains out right soon enough cortez calls the sergeant he's like all clear they carry in poor parita who's just like in agony. Yeah. And they carry him into what looks like a medical ward. Uh, we find out that Ramos, who had the argument at the top, he's the medic. Yeah. So he makes like a small incision into Barrita. I think he was getting blood out of his lungs. Yeah, I think you're correct. Sarge is looking around. He finds a bunch of ammo. So he's like, this wasn't, doesn't look like this was the guerrilla coming in here, you know, attacking this base because they would have taken all this shit. And they saw also outside of the bunkers that there was like mm -hmm. a little watchtower area that also had big old boxes of missiles and like ammo. Full ammo. And then the new lieutenant starts to get super pissed at Arango. And he's like, why did you run up the stairs, you fucking idiot? And Arango is like, listen, my brother was stationed here at this base. I need to find my brother. Right. And so they basically, they decide, they're like, we're here. Let's just stay put and let's wait for backup. We cut to Fikitiba, who they call this guy Indio yeah. throughout the entire movie because he's the most like indigenous looking person, but yeah. his name is Fikitiba. He's walking around outside, I guess, like still setting up the perimeter, and he comes across a chained up metal door. Don't do Don't it. Don't do it, dude. Don't do it. ¿Qué vas a soltar? ¿Qué? ¿Qué se te va a salir de ahí? Don't go in there. Don't. Don't go in there. But of course, he uses his gun to smash his way through the chain. He goes inside this storeroom and he finds like a bunch of mattresses covered in blood and then jump scare city because we cut to a next scene. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Oh my gosh. And it's um, Cortes is breaking into another room that looks to be like a power room because he finds a bunch, a bunch of like gas jugs and he finds a generator. So clearly he's going to, he puts gas in the generator to restart it. Right. We cut back to Fikitiba and he's sniffing something in the dark. And then Cortes must have figured out how to turn on the generator because the lights come on and we see that Fikitiba is holding a chicken foot. 
that is tied to the ceiling. And underneath this chicken foot near Fikitiwa's feet, he sees a cross on the floor made of some sort of... De sal? I thought I either... I wrote salt, flour, chalk. I'm thinking salt because that think feels salt. more... That yeah, feels like more protective. witchy and... Uh, Absolutely. If you're going to give me a chicken foot, I'm expecting the cross you make on the floor to be made of salt. For sure. And then on the wall in front of him, he sees something written in chalk. So he's like, he calls her back up immediately. So the new LT and Cortes come in to see what's up. And the wall says... Santo por el Dios, Santo Espíritu Santo, que fue crucificado... Os ordeno que no hagas daño, Dios creador, los sortilegios hechos en tu contra. Amen. Don't fuck with that wall. Don't touch it, bro. Do not fuck with that Because wall. even though it sounds very prairie, the fact that it's like a chicken foot, a salt cross, and this, and like... It literally saying like protect me and don't yeah. the people that are doing you bad God please you guys this is bad news don't touch it don't. and when I looked up sortilegios uh -huh. one of the translation I found was literally spells so I was like do not don't do don't just leave this room and don't come back andate so. That basically means like God, Holy Spirit that was crucified, you know, like, amen, you know, amen. please protect us. <laughs> amen, amen. Fikitiva says these are incantations. They're used in the country to keep away witches y esas cosas. And fucking dickhead Cortés. Mira, ese Cortés, yo... Uy. First of all, on the wall, there's blood. There's blood mm -hmm. everywhere. Again, mm -hmm. just every, every bunker you go into, every room in this area that they're in, there is some sort of either suicide uh, remains or mm -hmm. like or murder. Something bad happened Something in bad. that room. They yes. literally blood everywhere. He touches the blood and fucking tastes it dude that's it right there you know this man is bad news and what he does next too you're just like oh i see your true colors now because you're a he dick so when fikitiva is like these are incantations they're used in the country cortez is like en el campo o en su casa indio which means in the country or in your house you indian yeah Basically, like, like, you're... The most racist fucking thing yes, ever. Yes, it's fucked. And then he, like, even gets up to Fikitiva's face and, like, and, like he's just tries bullying to him. scare him. He's like, yeah. And Fikitiva, I'm just going to give this actor props because he broke my heart in this scene. Oof. So we cut to Ponce. Ponce so far throughout this movie, who is the guy that we followed in the beginning, mm -hmm. he seems to be going through it. Yes. Like there is trauma behind his eyes, you can Something's tell. Something's up. Something's yes. up with my dude. So we, we cut to Ponce and he's found a lighter in the mud and then he's joined by Cortes. And Cortes is like, don't feel bad. You did what you had to do. Yeah. So we're like, what, what did you have the... to do? Yeah, what's going on here? And Cortez is like, think about what you're gonna name. You're gonna name your kid. You should name him Cortez and let me be his uncle. And then Cortez also says, nothing will happen to you. You will see your son. I promise. And he again pulls him close, his head like forehead to forehead close. And is like, this is a family. It's cariñoso, pero it feels weird. Yeah, it feels very weird. It feels dangerous. Yeah, like, don't cross me. Yeah. I don't know. It just feels... It, 
And Where him, it should feel like sweet, it just doesn't. It doesn't. And also yeah. him saying that, like, we're family and so close to Bonsa's face, right after he was such a dick to Fikitiva is very, it's very sus, as the youth mm, says these yes. days. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So keep your eyes on Peeled Cortes. For Cortes. <laughs> we cut back to Fikitiva. He's, I guess he's still like exploring the perimeter. Yeah. And he hears a thud coming from the hanging chicken foot shed. So he goes in to check it out. He notices that the wall with the incantation on it, it kind of looks fresh, like fresh cement. Yeah. So he pounds on the wall. He puts his ear right up to it. I was like, hears, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. I was expecting something to come through. Me too. They do this really well because I was like shoulders up to my ears. Me too. But you just hear a little pound in return. Oof. No like musical scare, no nothing, just like subtle. Yeah. Very well done. But then Fikitiva, amor, why do you, why? Y por but he, qué? Porque. He grabs a sledgehammer and he begins to smash through the wall. And this part, shoulders back up to the ears. He starts to peek into the hole with I his flashlight. I had my hand. I was voguing. I was voguing again. <laughs> voguing hands, in fear. Voguing in fear, hands up to the screen like I couldn't. So he peeks inside with his flashlight and you see a woman inside. He radios for help immediately. So Cortes, the new lieutenant, and the Sarge arrive, and they tell uh, Fikitiva to tear the wall down. And Fikitiva is like, those incantations are there to keep whatever is inside inside that wall. But he does it anyway. The new lieutenant goes in. He drags out a woman whose hands are like bound with like a plastic tie. Like, like a, zip a zip tie. tie. She sees that this is, I think she looks at the chicken foot and yeah. freaks out. Yeah. And so the new lieutenant like tears it down. He kicks the salt cross. I was like, bruja, bruja, bruja. Dude. And then we get a quick shot of Fikitiva. Like he sees that he tore down the foot and that the salt cross is gone. And he's like, oh boy. We're, el we're el Fikitiva sabe. El sabe. El, el sabe. El el sabe. sabe. <laughs> He's like, y'all fucked. Y'all are fucked now. So the new lieutenant, he's very calmly trying to ask the woman who you, who, who is she? What happened? We're not going to hurt you. He tries to cut off the ties. And Fikitiva, again, is like, those you ties shouldn't are, do that. No, don't untie her, please. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> but she tries to bite him, so she's left tied. Now, I just want to say... When they pulled this woman out of this hole, even though I there was fear for me, like because of the chicken foot, because of Fikitiva's concern, I was like, this lady is a witch. The other feeling I had was, oh, God, she is a single lone woman with a bunch of men. And immediately I was afraid yes and then we meet sarge with her look look there are a lot of unlikable characters in this movie and sarge is right at the might be number one might be number one so he starts to beat the shit out of this poor woman are you still taking shots because you're all wasted now yeah right now you're (laughs) fucked because esos hijo puta que le salieron yo dije i even wrote calmate con los hijo puta bro Por favor. And like, what, she's tied up. What do you, he's like, this is how you got to deal with the guerrillas. That's how you get them to talk. Thankfully, the new lieutenant is like, no. Chill. Stop. 
and get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So Sarge and Cortez leave. The medic Ramos arrives to check out this woman. And this poor woman is just like wailing. But when she calms down, she's like, because she seems <laughs> non-vocal. Like there's mm-hmm. no words coming out or anything. And then when Ramos comes in to check her and he is very tender and easy with her and he's slow moving so she won't yeah. get afraid. And he's like, it's okay. I'm not going to hurt you. He like moves her little hair aside. And the sounds that are coming out of her mouth. Okay. If you guys have ever been around dogs mm-hmm. and maybe angry dogs or dogs when they have like a toy in their mouth and you want to like pull that toy out of their mouth, that low growly rumble. Yes. Whatever this woman was doing with her throat, I was like, holy fuck. Yo estaba shoulders to ears again, just like, what's going to happen? Because literally I'm clenching my butt right now. Like, it's yeah. so... <laughs> yeah. Just... You're ready for her to, like, bite. Yeah. yeah. It, it was It was terrifying. She was so scary to me. You know, the sounds reminded me of Reagan in The Exorcist. Abs. Oh, my God, dude. Totally. I'd say a mix of, like, very animalistic and, like, demon-possessed. Yes, totally. This actress... She nailed. Nailed. (laughs) So... It's now nighttime. We cut to Cortes. He takes the gun from the dead body of the soldier who shot the the body that they found when they first got there. He spits on the body. He spits all the time. Stop spitting. As he drags the body away after fucking spitting on it, underneath the body, it is revealed that there is like a bloody manuscript log. And I was like, do not read that fucking log or book. That's the fucking book of the dead from the evil dead. Don't yep. touch that goddamn thing. We then cut to Ponce, who's been told to guard the shed that the woman is inside. And he's eating, I think this is called an MRE. It's like a military. It looks ca- disgusting. Calorie. Ooh, it's like sludge. Yeah. And he goes into the shed and tries tries to feed the woman. And this shot is so good because he's slowly coming Oof. up to the woman. You see her face, but it's out of focus. And it's and there's it's shadow slowly, on her eyes and mouth. So it just, all you can really see, like it, it's deep pockets in her eyes and in her dark, dark eyes. Mouth, and you're just like. Slowly oh, coming fantasma. into focus. Yeah. It's so scary. And again, you're just waiting for her to pop it like lunge at him or something and he's going so slowly to like not scare her and so you're just like shoulders to the the ceiling (laughs) i need a massage after this Uh, me too (laughs) full tension and so he's trying to to feed her and then a hand grabs him scares the shit out of us brother la cabeza en el ceiling like i fucking jump yeah the tension the... Very well built tension yes, in this film. So this terrifying jump scare hand is Ramos, and he's like, "Don't get near her. Get the fuck away from her." And Ramos starts to like drop a little bit more info here. He's mm-hmm. like, "You didn't do anything while they were beating the shit out of her, 
and Ramos is like, I'm not like you, Ponce. Yo no soy como or, ustedes. I'm not like the rest of you. Yeah. So we're like, what, what the is, fuck going is going on, on here? Yeah. Meanwhile, Cortes is just casually looking through this fucking bloody manuscript, which you're an idiot. And in a voiceover, we get a lot of information. So here we go. I'm going to try to lay out these facts. He's reading this from the manuscript. Mm -hmm. The former occupants of this base found this woman and took her in and were awaiting further instructions. They tried to interrogate her, but she wouldn't say anything. They have no idea where she came from. One of the men is sick, but the doctor cannot figure out what is wrong with him. They request evacuation. The guerrillas have blown up two bridges, which has left them isolated. And the men start to think that the woman is a guerrilla informant. So the captain decides to lock her up. The men are getting tense and they, they're starting to fight. This sick dude is in agony and he starts to say that the woman has done something to him. Mm -hmm. The captain is losing control of the men. Somebody is just attacked in the middle of the night. This is just like everything's building up. Things are getting real, real shitty. Yeah. As we hear this, Sarge goes up to the woman's shed and very threateningly tells Ponce to get out of there. And after a very tense moment, he goes. Sarge goes into the shed and says, Hola, bebe, Mira, to the woman. Cuando yo te digo that when he walked in, because the way that it was shot, it was like her point of view and it was him walking into the room. And she's like in a corner, like huddled, huddled in a corner. Yeah. Y él entra, and he's not in focus. What's yeah. in focus is like the side of her face looking up at him. And hearing, and the way he says, hola, bebe, is so bone chilling. You know it's bad. You know what he's there for. Yeah. And so does she, because she just starts to scream. Like, which is heartbreaking. Wailing. That's her react. Oh, my God. I, awful. I can't. It was awful. So... We start to hear the Cortes voiceover again. And in this log, it's saying the men insist that the woman is to blame for everything. They want to cut out her tongue. We need help. We have to kill her. She's a witch. This is something I really like about group horror films, uh -huh. just like an alien event horizon and the thing. They usually have some form of log in some sort of way where somebody that was there before or whatever, it's how you discover that there is something going on and where in this area you're in. And one of my favorite things about this trope is the writing in the beginning will be like neat and organized and like everything. And then towards the end, it gets real wild and like big and spacious, almost like somebody is writing as they're being pulled away, eaten by a monster or something like that. Because totally. we see the log written out and it says, Quieren cortarle la lengua. La quieren matar, and there's huge spaces in between in comparison to the first few logs that are all yeah. like organized and normal. Y es una bruja is almost like might as well have been dragged down with as the pen. The bruja was <laughs> yeah, exactly. dragging him off to eat him. Yeah. Yeah. That Love is that. very well done. And again, you're just like so creeped out. Yes. We cut back to that flashback from the top. Yes. Uh, that we got at the top of the film. The hallway. The hallway. And this time we hear another voiceover, but the voiceover is not Cortes. It's, we can't quite tell who it is, but it's saying, she's not here, it's clear, requesting permission to find her. And again, in the flashback, before we can see what Ponce is seeing in the flashback, Ponce wakes up from this dream and we're focused on Ponce. We realize what he was just hearing was on his little walkie-talkie radio, 
Someone's yelling like, Ponce, Ponce, get over here. Come to the storeroom. He goes and we find Sarge is dead in a pool of Throat blood. Throat slit. Throat slit. And honestly, I'm like, good riddance, asshole. Bye, Bye bitch. Piece of shit. Bye. Bye. The woman is nowhere to be found, so the men start to search for her. As Fikitiva is searching, Oof. he slips and falls into a muddy pile of bodies. So here are all these fucking dudes. These, the other the, squadron the that other, was there. Yeah. So he's like, walkie-talkie, uh, hello, come help me. He calls it in. There is literally a vulture on the pile of bodies that are like submerged in mud. It's Ugh, disgusting, awful. rotting, and you're just in the sludge. Mm. He's in the sludge. Yeah. Cut to Arango freaking out because he finds out his brother is dead. But honestly, everybody's freaking out. Yeah. Cortez freaking out. He's like, the woman is going to kill us all. And so he disobeys the new lieutenant. He's like, people are listening to me now. Everybody, I'm sending you to different posts. We need to be on lookout. So everybody's sent to different posts. As the men head to their posts, the new lieutenant is like, fuck this shit. So he goes to the radio room and he starts to try to fix the radio. Yeah. Okay, so cut to Cortez's post and he he's with Roledo, which throughout the movie they call Rod- Roledo Negro because yeah. he's the only black guy there, but his name is Roledo. Yeah. And he's like, Roledo, go give the guys their MREs, their foods, so and go poor, start feeding them. Poor Roledo... This whole time has been like going through it because Parrita, his friend whose leg exploded, who is still back in the yeah. in the original bunker, like trying to live. He is fully still a mess. Ramos has done his best to like give him a bag of fluid and hopefully like they're literally waiting, hoping this man doesn't die. Yeah. And Roledo is just like you get moments of him being in that room with him and it's his obviously his best friend and so that's one of the ways that all these men are going through it he's going through it with that arango is yeah. like my brother everybody's got their own fucking little Ponce is like individual some shit problem that yeah he did mm-hmm. yeah everybody's dealing with their own version stuff of here. stuff yeah so we get a quick scene of Ro- of robledo giving ramos the medic his food and um, Parita is in there just making the most awful noises. Ooh, it's very similar to the woman's sound that she... Because yes. they both... Like whining, yes. little whining. It's the Ooh. back of the throat, like... Uh, it almost sounds musical. Yeah. It almost, at points, sounds like he's singing. But it's, you know, still death rattly kind of sounds. And so poor Robledo is like, can you please give him something for the pain? And Ramos is like, I can't give him anything else. He's going to die, dude. There's He's nothing. Because there's nothing. We cut to Robledo giving an MRE to Fikitiva. And Fikitiva has been itching starting- his body. Ooh. He is starting to scratch like crazy. And I understand this because you landed in a pile of sludgy bodies. Ew. Disgusting. But also... Quien sabe, like, what kind of skin shit that might give you? Ugh. Yeah. So Fikitiva is just a scratching. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Roledo delivers food to Ponce and Arango. And when he gives the food to Arango, he says, I'm going to give you two for your hermanito. Like he's giving him his brother's portion, dead brother. And Arango rightfully freaks out because that's a dick thing to say. Yeah. And so Arango starts to beat the shit out of Roledo. Somebody shows up with a gun and shoots to stop them. I'm not sure who that is, but he like... El Miteniente Sanchez. He shoots his gun so they will stop. At this time, Fikitiva hears the gunshot. He radios in and he's like, what the fuck is going on? While he does this, 
he hears the cans. Las latas. Dude, the cans on the barbed wire outside rattle, so somebody's out there in the fucking foggy fields. I was gonna. I was about to say we need to remember that they're all outside now, and the fog is thick. But like throughout this film, fog, fog, the Everywhere. fog, John the Carpenter's fog. the fog. <laughs> What is out there in the fog? <laughs> so we hear the cans rattle out in the fucking fog. Fikitiba calls it in and he's like, "Somebody, I just heard the cans rattle. You need to come check it out. Get to look out for stat. Everybody else joins Fikitiba. They cannot see anything because, again, the fog. And the teniente is like, no, quédense aquí. Stay here. We don't have to fucking, we need to be quiet. We'll just wait. What does it matter? And then Cortez is like, oversteps his rank yeah. and is like, it's that woman, la bruja, not bruja, because he refuses to believe it's a bruja, but he's like, esa hijo de puta, esa hijo de puta, esa hijo de puta. So it's just very, it's very annoying. Oh my God. <laughs> From what I understand, this is the kind of thing where you would get kicked out of the military for disobeying like Absolutely. this. But everybody's just like, we're not listening to you. But if they had, this would be a very different film. That's what we'll say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so everybody disobeys. They listen to Cortes and they start to head down the mountain into the fog. And even the new lieutenant is like, fuck it, I guess I'm going with you. So he goes down with them. Yeah. So it's Cortes, the fucking new Lieutenant Sanchez, Arango, Robledo, Fikitiba, Ponce. They're all out there in the fog, guns out, guns looking for this woman, can't see shit. Fikitiba is just scratching, scratching away. A bird, a buzzard something, flies past him. It scares the shit out of him. So he starts to shoot, and then everybody's just firing. Something else about this is, remember at the top I said uh, that the plant life is like... Yes. Was it rosettes? Something like that? I think rosette bush. Something like that. So we're in the fog, obviously, but Mm -hmm. these plants that are all around them are... About a human's height. Yeah. They are rounded at the top, so it kind of looks like heads. So all you see are shadows of these odd, cylindrical, tall bushes. And you don't know if that's a person. You don't know if that's a bush. Like, you don't you don't know. So when this bird goes by and fucking Fikitiba is just like, and then everyone is shooting. I'm like, somebody's going to get hit. Everybody's shooting. Everybody's shooting. <laughs> and then, oh my God, the new Lieutenant Sanchez is like, cease fire, Stop, you assholes. You dicks. Everybody's still shooting. We then hear somebody crying out for Ponce. So we're with Ponce now. He follows the calls. We see Robledo standing near the men, and all the men are crouched down around Arango, who has been shot. And I mean, badly shot. Yeah. Badly wounded. And Robledo is just staring, doing nothing. Yeah. So they drag Arango back up the mountain to the base. They radio for Ramos, the medic, but by the time Ramos makes it there, Arango dies. So the new lieutenant goes up to Robledo and he's like, give me your weapon. You killed him. Because you just killed him. So it's it was fucking Robledo who shot him. Cortes comes up and he's like, no, dude, we can't lose another man. Like, let him keep his gun. And the new lieutenant at this point is like, shut the fuck up. Bro, stop breaking rank. If you had just listened to me, Arango wouldn't be dead, you idiot. But Cortes continues to freak out. And then he starts to freak out everybody else because he's like, it's the woman. She's out there. He straight up pushes 
the new lo- you're kicked out of the military if you do that i'm i'm sure he pushes and him he points his gun at him but the other thing that he's saying as he's like he's saying you fucked us you fucked us over what do you know about this woman so he starts pointing this and like blaming this the new lieutenant and being like you know something about her and the lieutenant is like brother yo no sé nada de que estás hablando and he's like no as he's holding his fucking weapon to this guy being like you know something no we're tying you up and now all of a sudden the lieutenant the lieutenant <laughs> mi, <laughs> mi teniente sanchez is uh-huh. there they tie him up and take him into the radio room to be like have him hostage and also cortez being like you know what she's doing like he's just further turning everybody against poor the poor new lieutenant yeah who is the only like sane person here right now however the other dudes as they're watching all this unfold you can tell that they're like Cortez is kind of losing it. Because Cortez is freaking out about, like, it's the woman. She's the one that's killing us. How is she killing us? She's killing all of us. She killed all those people in the fucking pile out there. And Roledo says, Sargento wouldn't, the guy, Sargento, the piece of shit, wouldn't have let una simple guerrillera matarlo. Like, he wouldn't have let a simple woman guerrillera kill him. You're going to tell this to crazy Cortez, who's going to be like, oh, it was one of our men. Are you kidding me? Yeah. But also, could that, like, in his crazy brain, he'll be like, oh, so she's a witch. She's got powers. It's just further tearing this entire squad apart. Which is it's very similar apart. to what the log said. Absolutely. The new lieutenant is left in this fucking radio room. And he's like, don't listen to Cortez. You can tell he's going crazy. He's going to kill me. Don't leave me here. They leave him. Now it's nighttime again. The new lieutenant, in the meantime, is trying to bust this table that he's tied to, and he's able to knock down a fucking, like, Swiss Army knife thing, and I was like, okay, dude, come on, here we go, let's let's, let's make this happen. figure it out. Fikitiwa, in the meantime, he's just going absolutely crazy because he's so fucking itchy. (laughs) Just itching it up, man. (laughs) He goes to the generator room, and he takes one of those big jugs of gas, He heads to the pile of bodies and he sets these bodies ablaze and he's just like by the fire scratching like crazy. He takes off his jacket and shirt. He throws them into the fire and you see his skin is like red. Because he's been scratched. He's been scratching so much. The other thing is because when we see him picking up those uh, cans of gas, he picks up the last one. That's it. And he wastes it on burning these bodies, which Cortez is like... Well, then go fuck yourself. He literally kicks him as he's climbing back up from setting the bodies ablaze. Cortez grabs his hand and then fucking pushes him back down towards the fire. And he's like, let him die, dude. He wasted our last can of gas. Go fuck himself. So we cut to Ponce and Ponce's gathering up all the ammo left by the previous squad. In come Robledo and Cortez. Ponce at this point is like, Cortez, you're fucking it up. Yeah. You're making a mess of this situation. He's like, you know Robledo killed Arango. We fucking tied up the new lieutenant. This is not going well. Yeah. And Cortez again is giving us that same shit. Like, let me take care of you. I'm going to protect you. Cortez smashes Ponce up against the wall. And this time it's Ponce who has to be like, it's okay, it's okay. Like, remember... I'm going to see my wife again. I'm going to see my son. It'll be fine. Cortez leaves. And at this point, Ponce is just like, 
oh fuck fuck this dude's going absolutely crazy yeah we cut to the new lieutenant real quick he's able to cut himself free and he tries to start he's like starting to try to fix that radio yeah okay Oof. now here we go to this nightmare Oof. we're back in the medical wing where it's become clear that for barita his leg is rotting we get a quick shot of it and it is black disgusting and they're like we need to cut off his leg so roledo Ponce, who is now just fully vomiting all over the place, and Cortez hold down Parita. I mean, Ramos pulls out the oldest knife. Like, a it rusty is saw. A rusty saw. So he pulls out this rusty saw. He douses it with alcohol, <laughs> which will do nothing. Nothing! Uh, oh and my God. And then he goes up to Parita's leg and starts to saw off his leg. And when I'm telling you... The sounds. They do not spare you. No, a moment in this you're here yep you see them sawing part it, of it you hear it go through flesh it go through bone you hear Ponce barfing it up this whole entire time because yeah. he cannot handle it he is it's just like barf saw and poor Parrita screaming because he's getting his fucking leg chopped off and interesting what you said earlier about the like musicality of the sounds because it sounds, this is how I'm going to describe it. His screaming sounds medio like operatic. Yeah. Which you would think would be funny, but it is the most horrifying thing. Like, I believe the pain here. It's this scene, awful. nightmare. Oof. Meanwhile, <laughs> back with our lieutenant, he's fixed the radio. Bless. He fucking fixed it, Thank which goodness. is great. So he starts to try to call for help. We're back in the sawing room. Ramos is still sawing through the flesh. The sounds are so gross. He's able to cut the leg off, but then Parita dies. Fully dies. And poor, and poor Roledo is there Roledo, just like sobbing. Oh my God, <gasps> this poor man Damn. holding his friend's head like just oh my God. doing his best. Okay, let's get out of this goddamn saw room. So, <laughs> <laughs> so everybody just kind of walks off because they're traumatized. Yeah. Ponce, who's been vomiting, wants to go outside, but Cortez is like, don't go out there. Remember, the bruja is out there. And Ramos, the medic who just sawed off a fucking leg, he's like, there is no bruja. There is no guerrillera. We are the murderers. He looks him straight in the face and he says, aquí los únicos asesinos somos nosotros, Cortez. I mean... Here it is. Here are the facts. He's not, here he's are the not facts. fucking lying. So Cortez is like, we're doing what we're supposed to do. And Ramos is like, oh, we're supposed to, you know, kill kids and innocent people. That's what we're supposed to do. Rape and murder. Cortez is like, those were guerrillas. And so we're like, okay. So this is what was going on at the top, guys. Now, now we see you for who you are. Right. We cut quickly back to the radio room. And the new lieutenant is still trying to radio in for help, but the radio makes like a squeal sound, which crazy Cortez hears. Cortez busts in and shoots the new lieutenant, and he's dead. Dead. He's gone. So Ramos and Ponce see this, and they're like, oh, you've, shit. You've got, it's. You're he, crazy now. He already, crazy. he already crossed the line. Like, my dude went over the edge a while ago, but now he is you had blatant no reason to kill him. and open about it. He just does not give a hot fuck. So Ponce and Ramos start to back away. Cortez again stops them, and he's like, wait, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to protect you. And Ramos then says, you don't really think that that woman killed Sarge. 
do you? I wasn't gonna let that asshole harm another woman. And I'm just like, oh shit. I literally was Ramos like, it medic. was Ramos. He killed Sarge. Again, honestly. Good. I'm kind of feeling it because that dude sucked. That dude sucked ass. Good job, Ramos. Good job, Ramos. <laughs> Pero también, like, it's tough because because of that murder, we get like the domino effect of what is it? and because nothing was revealed it sent paranoia throughout this squadron and uh, it made this happen absolutely so Cortes gets even crazier he knocks Ramos to the ground and he fully bashes his head Oof. in with a gun and kills him and all the while Ponce and Robledo are just kind of just standing idly by. Ponce is Ponce literally... is like, don't do it, don't do it. But like, no hace nada. No. Es que le tiene, le tiene pavor a este hombre que es fucking nuts. I mean, I'd be terrified of I'd be person. like, sorry, Ramos. I'd, I'd be running. Bro. Just, <laughs> bye. I don't care if there's so... no bridge. I'll find a way <laughs> off of this yeah. fucking morro, brother. Get me the hell out of here. Then... The power goes out. Oof. The generator has run out of gas. And right at this moment, we're in the dark and we hear screaming off in the distance, which is just horrifying. So Ponce finds two kind of like light up gas lanterns. Mm -hmm. And he and Robledo go off into the dark to help uh, uh, Fikitiva. He's the one who's screaming out there in the dark. Yeah. And they just kind of leave crazy Cortes in the back. I wrote, don't take Cortes. He's over the edge. Leave <laughs> this guy here. Forget this man ever existed. Let's go. Goodbye. And at least at this point, Ponce is like, doing something. Yeah. Like he's doing, he's trying something. So he and Robledo, they split up, bad idea, to go find Fikitiva. And we get these awesome shots of Ponce like walking in the dark with his lantern. Yes, great, great visual. Very, very cool shots. And he hears Robledo scream for him in the distance. And also in the distance, he sees one of the storerooms and there's a light coming out from one of the windows. So he slowly approaches and we hear like knife scraping sounds and crying com coming from inside. He goes inside and he finds an altar of candles, Robleto on the floor in a pool of blood. Again, probably throat slash. Mm -hmm. And Fikitiva is straight up slicing his skin off. He's like in this room. Help me. I don't don't leave me here to die as Ponce runs away like in horror that he this man has started to slice off his skin oh. that's how bad he thinks he has the supposed oh plague plus he also just killed Roledo yeah like, this is full nightmare so Ponce runs off in fear and as he's running he trips he drops the lantern he has and it goes out he's left in the darkness but he still has that lighter that he found in the mud so he relights the lantern and there is Cortes right in his face Oof. He's, he tells Cortes, I'm getting out of here, dude. He, he calls him a malito asesino, a fucking murderer. Mm -hmm. To which Cortes replies, do I need to remind you who killed that family? And here's the like, reveal. Oh, shit. Yeah. So it was Ponce who killed this, I'm assuming, innocent family at the top of this movie. The baby crying and everything. He murdered this family. So the hallway shot we've seen several times through this film, mm -hmm. we it's the aftermath of this horrible murder, this like yeah. familiacide that just happened. And that's why Cortez grabs his head in that in that very top scene and is like, it's yeah. all good. Like trying yeah. to tell Todo him like you did the right thing. 
you killed these people. And it's like, no. So clearly that is what Ponce has been struggling with this whole time because he knows it was wrong. Yeah. They start to fight and Cortez starts to choke Ponce with his gun. But Ponce is able to grab Cortez's knife. And I'm telling you, he just stabs him and stabs him and stabs him and stabs him. And the knife sounds are fucking hideous. I was like, oh, God, enough stabbing because he does it once and then he does it again. And it's just like over and over and over again. Ugh. And they're just like, when you think he's done, he just keeps going. It's so bad. Listen, this movie just like piles the the horrible shit on like you just like can it get worse it just got worse yeah Bonsa starts to cry I must say that they put in like a little bit of piano music here which in the words of Sophia Petrillo it's a little precious (laughs) (laughs) you know what it's funny that you say that because I when I was watching it I was like oh that's interesting that they would put this like and it's not it's not scary. It's not, it's, I, it's almost sweet. And I'm like, yeah. I don't think it really goes with this moment after he's stabbed this man 15 plus times. Mm-hmm. It's, it feels out of place. I agree. I wasn't feeling it. Yeah. Especially after such great music and great, such yes. great sound design. Wah, you know? wah, wah. Yeah. So we go back to the flashback from the top real quick. We finally see what Ponce saw at the top in like this backyard area. It's a bunch of bodies on the ground behind this house that's out in the country. Yeah. It's now morning. Ponce is the last man standing. The fog he is walks. gone. That fog has cleared off. The, the it sky has lifted. is blue. It's a new day. Yeah. He walks back down the long staircase. And at the bottom of the staircase, he's like in a daze. He walks to, he begins to like slowly walk off into the countryside. But in the back, very quickly revealed, we see the woman crouch down. She screams. Blackout, Blackout. fiend. That is the when I tell you, <laughs> tell me. I can see. Tell me. <laughs> I was literally gonna say cuando yo te digo. I screamed like because oh I didn't God. see her. I was because I was busy looking at his face and him mm-hmm. walking uh, yeah. down, and then all of a sudden. There's like I see the camera kind of like my eye focus unfocused on him and I see her and I was like, oh, my God. And the minute I saw her, that's when she screamed. And I was like, oh, my God, dude, it was. Oh, my God. Terrifying. When so I could like I was like, this shot is leading to something. And I was like, don't show us the woman. Don't show us the woman. Because I was like, I feel like this is going to ruin it. But when I tell you the reveal of that woman chilled me to the bone i think the reason why is because she wasn't attacking if anything she was still huddled she was afraid she was waiting she's been waiting there to be killed basically she's like they will find me at some point i'll be here so that scream wasn't a scream of like it's not like i'm gonna attack you no it was fear i'm afraid of you yes yes which makes it all the worst like i was worried that it would be like here comes the bruja, that she's going to come attack That it him. was her all along. But that is not the case no. in this movie. That woman is terrified. Agreed. Which makes it ten times worse. Yes, absolutely. Oh, God. Well, what a here film. we are. 
What a film. So how about we get into some uh, some trivia? Would yes. you like to go first? Of course. Please. So let's talk about the Colombian conflict. And Ooh. basically it's why are these men in the mountains fighting the guerrillas and all that stuff? Okay. Great. So the Colombian conflict, also known as El Conflicto Armado Interno de Colombia, began on May 27th, 1964, and is a low-intensity asymmetric war between the government of Colombia, far-right paramilitary groups, crime syndicates, and far-left guerrilla groups, such as the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia, known as FARC. Uh -huh. So, La Fuerza Armada Revolucionaria de Colombia, the National Liberation Army, also known as ELN, okay. El Ejército Liberado Nacional, and the Popular Liberation Army, which is the EPL. And they're all fighting each other to increase their influence in Colombian territory. Some of the most important international contributors to the Colombian conflict include multinational corporations, the United States of America, shocker. and shocker, and Cuba, and also the drug trafficking industry. Now, is this still going on? Yes, it is. Oh, damn. By the way, this is from Wikipedia, and it says date, because usually when this kind of stuff says, it'll tell you the beginning date and the ending date, and it says date, May 27th, 1964, to present. <gasps> yeah. So, wow. the Conflicto Armado Interno de Colombia is historically rooted in the conflict known as La Violencia, which was triggered by the 1948 assassination of liberal political leader Jorge Eliezer Galtang, and in the aftermath of the anti-communist repre repression backed by the United States and others in rural Colombia in the 1960s that led liberal and communist militants to reorganize into FARC. The reasons for fighting within these groups, they vary. The FARC and other guerrilla movements claim to be fighting for the rights of the poor in Colombia to protect them from government violence and to provide social justice through communism. The Colombian government claims to be fighting for order and stability and to protect the rights and interests of its citizens. And the paramilitary groups claim to be reacting to perceived threats by the guerrilla movement. So everybody's got their own fucking situation. Wow. According to a study by Colombia's National Center of Historical Memory, 220,000 people have died in the conflict between 1958 and 2013, most Jesus. of them civilians. The numbers technically are 177,307 civilians and 40,787 fighters. And more than 5 million civilians were forced from their homes between 1985 and 2012, generating the world's second largest population of internally displaced persons. Which wow. means that 16.9% of the population in Colombia has been a direct victim of the war. This is the worst fact, I think. 2.3 million children have been displaced from their homes and 45,000 children killed. <gasps> and these are all according to the oh national figures cited by UNICEF. In total... 
one in three of the 7.6 million registered victims of the conflict are children. And since 1985, 8,000 minors have disappeared. Now, we're not really sure what year this movie is supposed to be Mm. in. But in the mid-1990s, throughout, this is, I mean, again, this has been ongoing for decades. So in the Mm -hmm. mid-1990s, FARC military activity increased as the group continued to grow in wealth from both kidnapping and drug-related activities, while drug crops rapidly spread throughout the countryside. The guerrillas protected many of the coca growers from eradication campaigns and allowed them to grow and commercialize coca in exchange for a quote-unquote tax, either in money or in crops. In this context, FARC had managed to recruit and train more fighters, beginning to use them in concentrated attacks in a novel and most unexpected way. This led to a series of high-profile raids and attacks against Colombian state bases and patrols, most in the southeast of Colombia, but also affecting other areas. So, like, in my mind, this is what this military group was probably trying to fight against was these sort of attacks. So the years from 2000 to 2006 were bloody ones in Colombia with thousands of deaths every year resulting from the ongoing war between the Colombian armed forces, paramilitary groups such as the AUC, Autodefensas Unidas de Colombia, and the rebel groups mainly FARC, ELN, and also EPL. The fighting resulted in massive internal displacement of Colombia's civilian population and thousands of civilian deaths. On June 23, 2016, the Colombian government and the FARC rebels signed a historic ceasefire deal, bringing them closer to ending more than five decades of conflict. Although the deal was rejected in the subse- subsequent October... Oh, great. Ple- I know, play... Plebiscite, Colombian Peace Agreement Referendum. In that same month, President of Colombia, Juan Manuel Santos, was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize for his efforts to bring the country's more than 50-year-long civil war to an end. A revised peace deal was signed the following month and submitted to Congress for approval. The House of Representatives unanimously approved the plan on November 30th, a day after the Senate also gave its backing. So, like, I'm not sure if it's all chill, <laughs> basically. Sure, yeah. You know what I mean? It's a long, long war. Yeah. So that's a very small chunk of a long story that's been going on. I'm sure different stories are involved within that. Like if it's more than 50 years, I'm sure there's so many different things. And not only like government wise, guerrilla wise, the drug trafficking world also being involved. It's just so many different things all put together. So, you know, if, if you're interested in that stuff, definitely. <laughs> I mean, Wikipedia's Dive article is huge, so start there. Oh, and my other little piece of trivia that it uh-huh. will lighten this a bit more, it's very <laughs> small, is Juan Pablo Barragán, who played Ponce, 
had a part in the the Colombian remake of Breaking Bad called Metastasis. Oh, that's okay. That's the name of the of the. It's the Colombian remake of the U.S. TV show Breaking Bad after he is diagnosed with cancer. Walter Blanco. <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> Instead of Walter White, Walter yeah. <laughs> Blanco teams up with Jose Miguel Rosas in order to sell crystal meth. Oh, great! I have never seen Breaking Bad. I have also never seen Breaking Bad. Huge a sin. mistake, but now it seems I have to watch Breaking Bad and Metastasis. Metastasis. Well, nice work, Barragan. And uh, I want to say I loved your trivia, but it made me very sad. Yeah, it's a it's a fucking <laughs> it's a bummer, dude. That's a bummer. Yeah. Well, this this movie is not an uplifting film. Let's just be clear. Totally. All right, guys. I just got a little bit of trivia here. Let's see here. So I found a making of documentary on YouTube called El Paramo, the making of. It's kind of split up into short little videos. If you if you're interested in finding some behind the stuffs, what behind, behind the, the scenes stuff? <laughs> behind the stuffs. So a few things that I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um. It looks like this was a really tough shoot because they were at such a high altitude. Ooh, God, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. In the documentary, you see shots of the actors being given oxygen and they're all wrapped up in those, like, you know, the metal sheets that people wear after marathons? Mm -hmm. Like, they're all wrapped up because it's freaking cold up there. Mm -hmm. And from what I understand, this was actually filmed on an actual military base in Colombia. Wow. And soldiers helped build like extra sets around the base for the film. That's very nice. In the documentary, we see the producer of the film or one of the producers, his name is Federico Duran. And he straight up is saying that this movie is about the armed military conflict in Colombia. And he also says more war will not stop the war. Sure. And it's interesting because as respectful as everyone tries to be toward the soldiers and the military in this documentary, this film is ultimately, to me, feels like an anti-war film. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I, mean? I also found a little interview with actress Daniela Katz, who plays the woman, mm -hmm. the only woman in this movie. And uh, she left her character very much open to interpretation. She's like, it's up to you to decide whether I'm a witch or whether I'm just, you know, a, a woman. Like, and it's the men who are making everything crazy, which sure. I appreciate. And she also speaks about how she was given a lot of freedom to explore a more animalistic way of sounding and moving. Yeah. And especially sounding like a wounded animal. And she, again, Nails. like we said, she fucking nailed it. And then I found this tiny little article from Colombia.travel called Mystery and Splendor in Los Nevados Natural Park, which is where this movie was filmed. Cool. The highest peaks in Colombia's central mountain range are located in this majestic place. I don't know who wrote this, by the way. I'm sorry. It didn't have a name. The cold and turbulent winds whisper the secrets of artists and goldsmiths of the Kimbaya tribe, Kimbaya, which previously inhabited the region. The park's unique combination of snow, sand, fauna, and vegetation form a landscape of unending contrasts. The park's snow is the source of large rivers that provide water to Colombia, nurture the spirit of its people, and drive the economy. Water from the peaks and high plateau feed the drainage basin of the coffee-growing region to the west and the department of Tolima and Magdalena Plain to the east, 
This beautiful and prolific water source fuels more than 50% of Colombia's national coffee production. Wow. As well as production of crops such as rice, corn, sorghum, and cotton. <laughs> Hey, and then there's it lists like a bunch of different places in this particular park, but the one that I wanted to talk about briefly is called Valley of Tombs or Desert of Solitude. Ooh, and it says here about this Valley of Tombs. According to legend, this mystical place was a pilgrimage destination for the Puya and Kimbaya. To visitors and guides, it looks like the surface of the moon. <gasps> Many people claim that it is an area of concentrated energy. And UFO sightings have been reported here. Pretty cool, huh? Visitors to Soledad Desert direct their prayers and requests to a circle of hundreds of rocks with the hopes of replenishing their energy. Wow. Which, that, I, I don't know if that's where this was particularly filmed, but this whole natural park, just in this movie, very mystical, very spooky. Very. There is an energy about this place that, mm -hmm. again, we gotta, we, we, should, we gotta add it to our list of uy que horror travel spots because yeah wanderlust someday maybe we'll be in this spooky foggy place amazing um you want to answer some questions for me sure all right eileen were you scared yes and mostly like tense like this movie did so good at building tension keeping you just like constantly concerned mm -hmm. yeah i was i was worried i was scared <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to agree with you. Yes, I was also scared and very tense. Mm -hmm. Well done. What was your best scare? I have three, oddly enough. Yes, I love that. The one that was like the most surprising for me was Ramos grabbing Ponce as Ponce was trying to like give the woman his his EM, yeah. what is it called? MRI? No, M M R M R E. I think. MRE, MRI is something uh -huh. else. <laughs> <laughs> when you're in that tube with the doctor. Um, the woman screaming at the end because Ooh. I thought that was so... I love that that movie ended that way. And I thought that was such a... And I, it caught me by surprise. Yeah. But I think for me, the thing that scared me the most and left me the most chilled to the bone moment was when El Sargento goes into that room and says, Hola, bebe. Oof. Like that... It was terrifying to me. Yeah. I'm going to give it to one of yours as well, of the woman at the end, that reveal there, which again, I'm going to say, I was like, don't show the woman. I don't want it to be that she's the, the cause of this in the end. And again, you could interpret it that way. But in my interpretation, that was the correct way to end this yes. film. Because the way I see this, that was a traumatized woman who did nothing wrong. And, and like second, that doubly traumatized because the mm -hmm. squad beforehand that was there and tied she her was cemented up, into a fucking wall. Like she they was, left her to die in that wall. And who knows what she went through before that. What they did to her. No wonder she doesn't want to speak to you or, do, or tell you anything because she's gone through all this fucking trauma. Yeah. Oh my God. It's just, it's too much. Yeah. <laughs> who was your favorite character? The woman. The woman right. and, and Ponce. I think Ponce mm -hmm. was a really good way of showing like th this like military mindset, following orders, what it can do to you. Like there, we had mm -hmm. so many moments of him like staring into a mirror and trying to like come to terms with what he's yes. done and like 
how to live with it. Because mm-hmm. most of the film, we kind of see it through his eyes. Like, we see his soldier mates, like, fully go insane. And he has to live in this military mentality and just be like, I'm doing my job. And yeah. the monstrosities you're committing, you like, literally in the beginning... It's uh, que dice el Cortez, you're good. Yeah. Ponce. Uh, todo bien. Todo bien. Todo bien, Ponce. And it's yeah. like, it's not todo no, you're bien. Not. It's not. For me, my favorite character, flawed character, but I gave it to Fiki Tiva. Yeah. Just because, oh my God, he broke my heart in that one scene with Cortez. He was very, very compelling. And then he really got me tense with all that scratching and everything. And just like his arc was real interesting yeah. to me. Like he was the one that warned them. I mean, he was not right. In my opinion, he was not right around about the woman. No. But still to just like see that he was like, nobody's listening to me. Nobody's doing this. Like just to see his descent into where he ultimately gets. Yeah. Horrifying. So I'm going to give it to him. Yeah. And also I just really felt for him. Totally. What was your best line? Aquí los únicos asesinos somos nosotros, Cortés. Because that like literally encapsulated that whole entire film to me. I agree. What was yours? That mine, was, uh-huh. mine was la situación es incontrolable. Los hombres insisten en que la mujer tiene la culpa de todo. Oh. Le quieren cortar la lengua. Necesitamos ayuda. Tenemos que matarla. Es una bruja. Yeah. Because that whole thing. Yep. First of all, terrifying. But it's just like, what happened to these people? That's all from the log, yeah. from the manuscript. And it's like, what happened to these people? And also, don't listen to this. That's not true. It's a lie. Like And like placing the blame on the woman, the innocent woman. Please, absolutely. On the victim. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your what was your best death? I'm gonna give it to Parrito, to poor Chispas getting his leg litter oh my god, that whole scene, oof, it was tough yeah i think that like you can't go any other way yeah it's a horrible death awful it's not like one that's like oh this was fun you know like no we've done in previous this was fucked up and not even just the leg like you're blown up by a landmine you survive you suffer for hours days for days days your leg starts to rot and then no painkillers. No. And then they saw off your leg saw and you die. off your leg with a rusty oh serrated knife. I don't think it was even a fucking like saw. Yes. It was a serrated knife. It was meant to cut bread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking bread knife. I'm gonna agree with you. That was that belongs to Parita. Uh. Poor, poor Parita. Uh, did you learn anything about the culture? You know, not necessarily from the film itself, but mm-hmm. like reading that Wikipedia article about the conflict in Colombia, like I learned a lot from that. So yeah, not from the movie, but from the research about the movie. So Same. Not from the movie, but le- learning from you. So I guess, yes, we did learn a little sure. bit. Sure. Why not? Okay. How many ooies are you going to give this movie? I'm going to give it three and a half. I'd almost give it four, but I think three and a half is a good place. I think it's really well done. Even though it's not sci-fi, there is a sci-fi vibe to it to me. Like it really, it really took me to Alien, the thing, like that kind of group mentality where you can't trust anyone, but yet you still have to trust everyone. Like it's that Mm -hmm. somebody is the problem, but 
who is it and like mm -hmm. we need to find it out it's it's which is a a form in the horror genre that i really find very fun to watch there was sadness to it and these these actors did a fucking brilliant job they were good they were really good these yeah. performances yeah. were great and the sound design was great in general i think it was just a really good movie the horror part of it wasn't the stereotypical horror you would get mm -hmm. it felt more suspenseful thrillery kind of vibe because there's no real monster or there's no like yeah. creature or, or or it's not like ghosts and ghouls exactly even though we had the vibe of bruja pero even that mm -hmm. the, the they create that the monster is the paranoia it's their mind it's their insanity you know what i mean so yeah so that's why i'd say i'd do three and a half because it's less horror-y and more wartime story. But man, I fucking liked this movie. I really did. Same. I also gave it three and a half. Hey! And was also like, I kind of want to give it four, but went with three and a half as well. And it, like you said, it reminded me of Alien, The Thing. It reminded me of fucking Blair Witch Project at certain yeah. points. Event Horizon, even The Shining with some of the music thrown in there. Yes. And I don't think that that was done accidentally. Like, this was done on purpose, which I appreciate, I think. And this is all like the those, I think with The Shining is you have that descent into madness stuff. Yes. And I think, but now in this one, it's like more characters, and it's group, are... it's group madness. You know what I mean? Yes. Which is really absolutely. So I can it's see terrifying. That. Yeah, the acting was great. The music and sound design was great. I was thoroughly creeped out. It made me feel like weird things about masculinity. See, si, oddly man. enough, si. like with the marica and maricon, literally everywhere. everywhere. But then also they're very cariñoso with each other. Si. And just like this, this group dynamic that I was like, it makes me feel, it made me feel weird things. Yeah. You know, I was like, I don't understand the dynamic here. It's very strange. Where do I stand? Like, where am I? Yes. What am I supposed to feel? You're giving me double. Yeah, but then, like, you're so tender with each other, yet you all end up killing each other. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah. And in the documentary that I mentioned on YouTube, everybody in this documentary is like, what is this movie about? And they're all like, this is about the horrors of war and trauma and that kind of stuff. But to me, this movie is about the power of women and the fragility of men. Ooh, Jonathan. I mean, come on. See? And like, sure, maybe that's a bit of a stretch, but no, that's but how that's I see it. No, but that's definitely, I agree a thousand percent with that. It made me think of like witches being burned. See, brother. And just like the moment a, like something crazy happens, blame the woman. Yeah. Oh, she might have a little bit more power. She's a witch, kill her. See. It's her fault. See. All of our problems, it's not our problem. Like, we didn't cause this. Blame it on the woman. Mm -hmm. She didn't do shit. Nah. She didn't even say anything to N you. The, nary a word fell out of her fucking mouth except for wails and screams. Absolutely. This terrified, traumatized woman. So, to me, you, the men, are responsible for all of this shit. To quote Karen Kilgariff from My Favorite Murder, toxic masculinity ruins the party again and when we tell you there is toxic masculinity <laughs> riddled throughout this but uh, you listen watch this fucking oh, movie oh god it well it's done so good it's well done. beautiful like you gotta see these this mountainous mm -hmm. foggy place 
Pero... But it is tough because then you like get these hideous sequences yeah. and you will be stressed. It's a like, it's a fucking good one. Watch it, people. Yes, <laughs> El Paramo duet. Yep. Well, here we are. Well, thank you so much for listening, guys, for going up a hill with us and finding <laughs> bunkers filled with blood. We appreciate yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate <laughs> your listenership. Make sure and follow us on social media at Uikiorror on Insta and Twitter. Send us an email at Uikiorror at gmail.com. Follow us. Please. Make sure and follow our uh, network, Sonoro Podcast, at Sonoro Podcast. They have great, great content, all Latino-based, just for you. Just for you. I think that's it. We hope you have a that's lovely it. week. Make sure and Drink some water. Be nice to your friends around you. If you are feeling funky, I don't know, take a couple breaths. Take a walk outside. Yeah. Talk to a therapist. Don't jump Talk to conclusions, guys. <laughs> don't jump It wasn't to... a witch. It wasn't a witch. It was probably just you being a dick. Yeah, you need to deal with your shit. Yeah, guys. Um, <laughs> Have a lovely week. Johnny, I fucking love you. I fucking love you, too. Nos vemos la próxima. La próxima? Nos vemos en la próxima. La próxima. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Adios. <laughs> Adios. So no.